Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, uh, what's it like living in Iceman's butthole? Welcome to All Comics Considered, the comic book podcast with a heart. This week, our hosts are Marty and Tim. And today on All Comics Considered, to kick off Black History Month, Marty and Tim discuss the state of the late great Dwayne McDuffie's, McDuffie's Milestone slash Earth M and the Shuri series. Let's turn the page. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just too cold for me to think properly. And I can't. <laughs> I did. My mouth did freeze when I was in a rally last week uh, and I could not do anything. And I had and I was interviewed. That was fun. <clears throat> so oh my gosh. for Black History Month, we want to focus on creators and characters of color, specifically black characters, writers and creators. And when you think black creators i think Dwayne McDuffie is the top of your list and the mile and his imprint milestone that he did uh is amongst the greats so tim why don't you tell us and give us an update about what's going on with milestone milestone 2.0 earth m sure i can do that um so when marty said we should be doing a black history month uh, episode. I was like, all right, well, we've talked about, I've talked about milestone media or milestone comics in the past. And there's always been rumors in the wind that they're going to be, re, they were going to be relaunching and I haven't seen anything. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe there were just low order numbers and I just didn't see any in the, in the stores or so I did a little deeper dive today. Um, let me go ahead and start off with saying that uh, milestone media was first founded uh, in 1993. Just a little history lesson. And like Marty said, uh, Dwayne McDuffie was one of the founders, but he wasn't the only one. Uh, Dennis Cohen, Michael Davis, and Derek Dingle were also co-founders at that time. And um, long story short, 
Milestone was addressing a need for comics that represented people of color because there was a dearth. Uh, McDuffie created a what he called a Bible for um, the entire uh, universe, uh, which they called the Dakotaverse after a town that they had developed. And um, everything was all one shared universe. Pretty interesting. Um, what happened is that they launched in the 90s. And this may not have been the most auspicious time to launch a brand new uh, title um, or a brand new company because in the 90s we were getting a glut of, uh, of new comic book stuff, um, different universes, different imprints, different, you know, basically the market was flooded. Um, and in short order, um, yeah, they, they started in 93 and they uh, basically went out on 1997 as a publisher um dc had bought them earlier and uh kept them on life support for longer than they would have been uh but uh eventually they became sort of a, a licensing company and their biggest uh property static shock was being licensed to video games and stuff like that so fast forward to the modern era to the 2000s 2015 i want to say um, there were talks about uh, relaunching Milestone. Yeah, in January of 2015, Reginald Hudlin discussed a relaunch of the group along with Dennis Cowan and Derek Dingle. And then the following July, DC Comics announced the creation of Earth M, which was going to be a brand new universe um, for all of the Dakotaverse stuff. Um and so they had a couple of titles they were discussing. One was a Static Shock relaunch. One was a zombie uh, reimagining called Duo. Um, and none of this came to pass. And so what happened, apparently, um, in this relaunch, they had neglected to include the estate of the great late Dwayne McDuffie and McDuffie's um, widow was not too happy about that. So, uh, all of it, the entire plan is now on hold while, uh, they're in the midst of legal finagling. So we don't get to have the, uh, earth M we don't get to have the Dakota verse until it gets solved. Um, we were told that earth M would be launched in the spring of 2018. That did not happen. We, we heard it was going to be moved to October and that didn't happen. And then we heard that uh, Brian Michael Bendis wanted to use Static Shock or Static and Young Justice, but uh, could not use that property while they were still in legal entanglement. So that's the state of Milestone 2.0 slash Earth M. And I'm sad. And I'm sad that the founders didn't think about um, you know, the widow of uh, Dwayne McDuffie before they relaunched their plans. And, um, that's where we're at. Yeah, I really dig Dennis Cowan's art. Uh, Reginald Hudlin was my first writer for Black Panther, and he also did some Spider-Man stuff. Uh, but I'm going over this and like neglecting to include the estate. Like they literally talk about coming up with Milestone 2.0 at uh, Dwayne McDuffie's wake. Yeah. So they should have included the estate like that intellectual property still belongs 
in part to Dwayne and to his wife. So right. uh, I don't want to attribute to the malfeasance. Yeah. Maybe it was ignorance. Maybe it was rushing. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not them. I don't know yeah. them, but it was, uh, it was ill considered at least. Yeah. And to have it, 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 you know, the, uh, the legal document is 66 pages, which is not uncommon. Um, it's a lot of legalese that basically is just like, you did not act in good faith and you're using intellectual property that is in part not yours. And that's it. If you- it's, it really sucks though, because th- there are a lot of good plans. Uh, there's a lot of solid creators. Um, but, you know, that is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, and I just, I was waiting for it. I was like, man, maybe, maybe I missed it. Nope. Maybe you thought you missed it, listeners. Nope, you didn't miss it. it. Just didn't happen. I did. I did kind of think I missed it, but <laughs> um, I'm glad to know that it's not my fault this time. It's just you know, awful. awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but that that gives us the opportunity to check out other small presses like Lionheart, or excuse me, Lionforge, which, um, listeners, we will be doing very very soon. Uh, Marty, tell me about Shuri. There's a new Shuri book, isn't there? There is. And thank you, Tim. I was about to, I was just trying to think if there's anything else about Earthm I wanted to bring up other than everybody wants to write Static Shock, but that's not a surprise. Um, okay. So Shuri, the, the sister of Black Panther, uh, the breakout star of Infin- of uh, Black Panther and Infinity War, uh, this is a comic book character that has had a number of incarnations. Uh, I believe originally created by it was a Christopher Priest or Christopher Priest or Reginald Hudlin. Uh, but every author since has taken their own tack with Shuri. Uh, I started reading and uh, digging this character during the, of course, Jonathan Hickman Avengers run, wherein we see Shuri. Uh, not being necessarily a techno genius, but definitely being just as smart and just as capable as her brother T'Challa. Just as an aside, uh, Shuri was in fact yeah. created by original Hudlin, as well as John yeah. Romita Jr. Yeah, and the the John Romita Jr. art style we're going to come back to because that is a I don't know how to describe that art style, but it is very much a part of the Shuri book. But it's not John Romita's art, art um, but it's similar. John Romita's art is very emotional. It's very dynamic. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of a way to describe the lines because the lines aren't. You know how they're like uh, some people look push for the photorealistic sense or like the they mm-hmm. capture um, a more rounded, softer aesthetic. That is not the Romita no. style. No. Uh, the biggest problem I have with Ramita is only when he tries to draw children because the children's faces are and heads are just too big um, and they're not supposed to be. But I digress. <laughs> uh, so Shuri has had this long storied history. But in Black Panther, the movie that happened just last year, it may not feel like it, but it happened just <laughs> last year. And by the time this episode comes out, we'll be in theaters again. Uh, as it's as it courts its Oscars. In this version, we see a Shuri that is uh, incredibly accomplished, 
uh, incredibly technical, sarcastic, funny, uh, you know, uh, with a great design sense. We also see in uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates's A Nation Under Our Feet, Black Panther run, a Shuri that is brought back from the dead, uh, who uh, communes with all of the spirits of Wakanda to get spiritual powers. Shuri has to blend those two things. Because whether we like it or not, Marvel Prime, Marvel 616, does have to have some, does have some relationship with the, with the MCU. I don't think, uh, well, I would prefer it being one way, like comics to movie, or just movie on their own. But some things I'm okay with as a as pushback or as uh, influence from the other way. However, how do you blend the techno prowess of MCU Shuri with the spiritual science that is uh, MCU sh- uh, with a six one six Shuri? The answer is you get Doctor Nende Okafor. Okorafor to be the writer. Dr. Okorafor, who lived is or does live in Homewood Flossmoor, a suburb of Chicago, who has a PhD in, I believe, uh, in any number of things. I'll, I will double check before the end. Um, I have her Twitter page open <laughs> and it's just for her, the pronunciation. Uh, it doesn't say what she has her doctorate in. She was teaching English at Chicago yeah. State University, and then they lost her because Chicago State University went broke. Um, but she is amazing. Uh, she wrote uh, – she's a, a very accomplished author of, of Afrofuturism and dystopian uh, dystopian novels. Uh, the, my first read of hers was a book called Who Fears Death? which is a story about um, a young woman who is a witch growing up in future Sudan. Sudan. It's a gorgeous and terrifying book. I highly recommend everybody pick it up. Uh, Nende has also written a couple of books here and there for Marvel, but Shuri is her first go. So her name is on the book. Her name gets top billing. Uh, and that was enough for me. However, there is another name on this book that if I didn't know who Dr. Okafor was, I'd be like, oh, well, I have to get this book because of my Jordi Belair rule. Jordi Belair is the colorist. So, again, this is uh, – we've talked about this. I talk about it all the time with the Jordi Belair book. When Jordi Belair is on the book, I know I'm going to dig it. Like – she has built a career to curate what she wants to do. And so when she takes on a project, because I like a lot of what she's done before, I think I'm going to like it. So even without Dr. Okorafor's progress on this book, I probably would have picked it up. Uh, The artist is someone whose work I'm familiar with, but didn't know I was uh, Leonardo Romero, who has a John Romita S. It's like uh, John Romita Jr. and Mike Mignola came together and hung out with David Aya for a while to come up with this really energetic, uh, uh, stark, but uh, really softened by Jordy's colors kind of take. Uh, Leonardo's drawing on this has been phenomenal. 
Yeah. Jeez. Oh, you know what? The art style, I'm taking a look at previews, is extremely reminiscent of Los Bros uh-huh. Hernandez in, uh, in Love and Rockets. I think that has a lot, and, and but with a color palette that is very much sure. Well, there's no color palette in, there's no oh, color that's right. palette no in color, Love and Rockets because it's black yeah. and white. Uh, but it's, yeah, the colors, I mean, excuse me, the, the art is really good. Yeah, it's, um, it's very evocative. It's very good. The uh, the last issue, which came out a couple of weeks, uh, came out about a week ago, is Shuri number four. And the last image is of uh, Tony Stark drinking out of a Iron Man, out of a Steve Rogers cup, the Captain America cup, uh, with Shuri saying, hey, you want to come check my math? Let's go save the world. Okay. So uh, Dr. Okafor takes this spiritual and techno wizard uh and keeps she, she keeps uh the sense of duty and obligation that shuri has but livens it up with the spirit that we have seen in the mcu uh basically the story begins as wakanda is beginning to publicly enter uh the space race uh and they're sending people out to look at a black hole a manifold is the um, who is the teleporting mutant uh that is very popular nowadays which is great because manifold rules uh but manifold is the emergency escape and t'challa is on the ship because he's black panther who's going to tell the black panther that he can't go out of, into outer space if he wants to uh the answer is nobody because he's not just the the ruler of Wakanda and the creator of a, a secret pan African organization, but also he's the leader of the Avengers right now. So he gets to do what he wants. Anyway, Shuri builds this rocket ship to take him into outer space, which is rad. Uh, it's this cool uh, arrow shaped design that's got panthers on the wings, and they're gonna go check out this man, uh, this uh, wormhole. Two weeks go by. And Wakanda's like, okay, someone's got to take over to be Black Panther. Somebody's got to lead the country. Since we're a constitutional monarchy now, the government stuff is okay, but someone's got to be Black Panther so that nobody thinks it's okay to mess with Wakanda. To which Shuri's like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Last time I was Black Panther, I died. (laughs) So I'm going to do me and I'm going to look for my brother. Uh, And uh, she has like a Greek chorus of African ancestors who are invisible to everyone else, uh, except for, I think Storm knows they're there. Um, And a woman from one of the mute zones, which is a part of Wakanda that is off the grid, uh, knows that they're there because their presence is like a warm summer day, which is super cool. But yeah, so it's hard to explain, but think of it this way. Um, Shuri has the same spiritual connection to the uh, dream world slash ancestral memory of Wakanda. And it projects itself as, she, you know, she can still transform into birds and has the powers of flight and some other stuff. But And she has these three ancestor spirits who guide her and annoy her and talk to her. Uh, but she still invents things like a... A kimono bead that can do HD sound and video and smells so that she can do spy crafty stuff. Um, so she's basically Tony Stark meets uh, Dr. Voodoo or Brother yeah, Voodoo. Pretty much. 
but 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 half their age uh and and with the the wit of a of a well-written mm-hmm. spider-man so uh it's so much fun because like there's a lot writing on this character um, because I loved uh I dug what Hickman did I adored what Tanisha Coates did with Shuri like bringing her back giving her all this access to ancestral uh, knowledge and and power uh but also like everybody else I really like the Shuri who calls the CIA agent a colonizer. Like this is what we want. And how do you get all of that? And of course, as the story has gone on, there is some sort of a misconnection. Um, but uh, that missed connection comes from the following incident where in an attempt to reach her brother through the use of spiritual means, Shuri uses the astral plane to go find T'Challa. And she ends up in the body of Groot. And that's all I want to say about that, because it is so much fun. That's the thing. Um, I don't see Shuri from the M- from the 616 universe as being fun. Like, she became the Black Panther because that was her job. It's a responsibility. And she's very serious. And she takes it seriously. She's the ancestral memory. She is um, the ancient future, as the spirits call her. She's great. This new version of Shuri is also great. So Dr. Okafor takes both, plays with it, and captures the aesthetic that we want in this. And that's right. fun. Because the, the fun was injected in the movies and translated back into comics, yeah. which is good and incorrect. Yeah. And it needs to be because she's a young character and there's all sorts of of uh, African references. Um like Mombazi, which I don't know what that is. I will p- hopefully find out very soon. Uh, Tian Mombazi uh, is what they're doing. I don't, I've not had sub-Saharan African cuisine outside of Ethiopian, um, which doesn't really count because um, it's not sub-Saharan. Um, but there's a reference to the the world's largest music concert, uh, music venue, which is in the desert of Mali. It's this just pan-African, gorgeous, uh, lush sound set. Uh, the big bad from book three, from issue three comes to the, the music scene. Uh, book three is also dedicated to the late great Aretha Franklin. Um, it's just there's a whole slew of new characters from across Africa who are part of this book and part of the story. And Dr. Okafor is also taking the cool techno bits from the MCU and the cool spiritual stuff from 616 to give us this like, oh God, the best way to describe this new version of Shuri is if, uh, Afrofuturist shadow run. Um, but no problem from her essence <laughs> because of the techno stuff. So it's great. Um, highly recommend it. I'm giving it on the on the Kirby scale, definitely an uh, a nine. I've read the first four issues in one sitting. Uh they like I'm behind. Yes. Excuse me. Excuse point me. Nine. Point point nine. Yes. Point nine. Yes, thank you. Um 
I'm behind and I've wanted to read these, but like, it's been crazy. But now that I'm stuck in my house for three freaking days, cause it's colder than parts of Mars, literally it was colder than parts of Mars. I got to read these. I, Tim, you got a issue run will be up on Marvel unlimited in two months. So we should revisit that. Then. I, I might just go pick up. I might go pick up yeah. the trade. Oh yeah. Which you know what? Be about the same time. Um, I haven't heard of it's been canceled, uh, but what's great about this book is that it's an African hero written by uh, an African woman of Nigerian descent who lives in Chicago. Uh, and it's blending so much cool stuff in a new fun and fresh way. It's fun. Like it's also serious. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, it's nowhere near zany. Uh, not at all. It's just like, even the Groot thing I didn't have an issue with. It was also, it was just fun. So Shuri, totally the book to check out. All right. Sounds good. I'm sold. Um, before we go, is there anything, this is a short show cause it's just the two of us. Yeah. We've both been. So I've been talking to Hannah about doing a segment called Sneak Attack, where I just ask you a question out of the blue. You have no time to prepare, and now you have to just off the cuff give me an give me an answer. Sne- I got Sneak this. Attack. Uh, give me your favorite black heroes from DC and Marvel. Favorite black heroes from Only DC one, and Marvel. One black piece, Panther. One black Panther. Uh, black Panther. Clearly, um, although okay, and then from DC, I don't have a lot of favorite heroes from DC. Uh, Martian Manhunter from Supergirl because he's black there, but he's really green, so I don't think that counts. He's not really he's black, a Martian, so he's in Martian, so it doesn't um, count. Yeah. Oh, um, John Stewart, Green Lantern, like, yeah, like, yeah, uh, Good answer. my favorite uh incarnation of Green Lantern, uh, it's all from Justice League Unlimited, uh, the the he was just such an awesome character. I love the solo episode with him. I love his relationship with Hawk Girl. Uh, I love their child, which you see in the Batman Beyond universe. Uh, spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like they're the there's they're fucking rad. I'm gonna go with Riri Williams. Oh yes, Ironheart and uh, Mister Terrific Ooh. from the Justice League. Who is the third smartest man on Earth? <laughs> Essentially, a combination of Iron Man and uh, Batman over there. Um, I uh, have Ironheart um, issue one, which I'm going to be talking about uh, as long, and also Naomi um, next week. But um, e viewing Chicago native and. Uh, my cousin knows her and is doing research projects with her. Um, yeah, my cousins, my cousins, are, I'm the dumbest one in my family and I'm not that <laughs> dumb, but I am the dumbest one in my family. Um, so, uh, the, I, I'm very much looking forward to her, her Riri, my connection with her has primarily been in the champions and the way Jim Zub mm-hmm. writes her as like this, especially in the weird world, D and D, aspect with where she's like lady Ironheart, a paladin she was so cool it was so rad so 
I need to get into that. I need to. Yeah. Yeah. The will come. The weird. Me. The weird world stuff is pretty great. Um. But yeah, Black Panther by oh. far, hands down, like my favorite. Um. If I had a second pick, it'd probably be Luke Cage, but I only get one pick. Luke Cage is a very, very close second. Um, just depends on who's writing them. Uh, true, not, true. And you know what? And that's, it's bullshit that David Walker's run got canceled. I loved his take on Luke Cage. Um, it was a little bit more funny than what a lot of people wanted. Um, and a lot of people did not like the whole fiddle faddle thing, but I thought that was fun. <laughs> My favorite um, Luke Cage was leading the Avengers Luke Cage. Oh yeah, Mighty Avengers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's my one of my favorite panels of in comic book dumb is uh, Luke Cage when an old Spanish freedom fighter yells "Avengers assemble." Luke Cage gets up and knocks out Proxima Midnight <laughs> because that's what you do to fascists, wherever they're from. You knock them down. That's true. Um, next week, I go, I'm going to be talking about Naomi and um, Ironheart. So, uh, our Patreon friends will get this episode a day before. So if there's anything you guys want me to talk about when it comes to Ironheart or to Naomi, you can tweet me or message me, or, you know, if you have me on Slack somewhere, just talk to me on Slack. Do you have any idea what you're going to be talking about next week, Tim? Um, no, I do not. That's fine. You're the master of the sneak attack. What do you need to prepare? I am the master of the sneak If you're ready with a sneak attack. Wait, no. <laughs> I'll just stab you in the back. Listeners can't see it, but I'm doing a stabby motion that would probably stabby break my wrist if I actually stab somebody. Um, <laughs> not that I would ever stab anybody. Listeners, if you like what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and Spotify. You can also help us out over at Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash allcomicsconsidered. On Facebook and Tumblr, you can find us as All Comics Considered. And on Twitter, we're at All Comics Cast. Thanks for listening and supporting us to bring our ongoing conversation to a wider audience. Your hosts have been Marty... You can find me on Twitter at Officer Gleason, uh, and we are getting rid of Tumblr because we're no longer supporting Tumblr as a platform. That's right. I'm Legally Nick Fury. And I'm Producer Tim. You can find me at Tim Considers on Twitter and hosting the Facebook conversation at our Facebook page. You can also find Hannah on Twitter at Totally A Rogue and over at the Dorcadia podcast, where I don't know what they've been talking about because I literally just saw Into the Spider-Verse and they've been talking about Spider-Verse for like two or three episodes. So, oh, I should also point out the new Monera pod- play, uh, Let's Play podcast over at For the Lore is going quite well. Uh, thanks again for listening, Action Heroes. And remember, black is beautiful. <laughs>